What's up, Chuckers? Welcome to Catch This Podcast. Today we have uh, a very special guest, myself, of course, and also Nook. Hello. And Kick is not the special guest. No, not this time. No, nor am I. But uh, we have with us Channing from Practical Paracord. Hey, everybody. <laughs> we knew when we started this podcast that we'd need to get you on at some point because uh, your YouTube channel has been pretty successful from what we've seen uh, in spreading, slinging around. So, uh, yeah, we wanted to take this opportunity to get you on here and ask some questions. Same here, man. Same here. It's an honor, man. Ever since y'all said y'all was going to start it, I, I, I will listen to every single one of them, man. I love it. I love spreading the word. And yeah, we appreciate that. Good to hear. <laughs> Learned a lot of stuff off of it already. <laughs> well, uh, I guess for those that uh, don't know, do you want to just quickly give a quick background on who you are and how you got slinging and... Yep, uh, Channing, Practical Paracord. Started slinging about three years ago. I was making bracelets and stuff, you know, and doing like a survival thing, Paracord. That's how I was going to start off, but then I learned about slinging. And I watched it on TV, and I started seeing, you know, these dudes break a bunch of stuff. And then I watched that primitive technology one where he made it, and I was like, oh, man, that's too. that looks too good to be true. Let me try it out. So I uh, made one real quick, went outside, started slinging them real long. My first video, that's the first time I went out there, and I just I fell in love with it. Having a baseball background, it felt like, you know, got to use my skills again on a whole nother level. And i just been obsessed with it since, you know. So about three years now, you know, I've been trying to make videos, slinging almost every day. Just showing all the possibilities and just trying to teach people because it makes no sense that nobody knows about it. You know, I know it's hard to do, but I mean, it's up there with like, you know, like Nuck always talks about uh, like uh, playing golf. You're right there getting it right. You can do it. But if you don't, if you mess up a little bit, you throw it all off. Yeah. And I just been stuck with it ever since. And I got invited to go to Spain and that was my dream from the beginning. And so now I'm just really obsessed with it. <laughs> that's that's actually part of the reason that we we wanted to have you on uh, now of all the times to uh, I mean, you're you're our first guest and uh, we wanted to hear uh, what your thoughts were on specifically on Spain because uh, you haven't been yet. You're about to appear on the scene as far as the Balearic slinging competitions go, and so we we were hoping to catch some of your thoughts and hopes and expectations before you go and then uh bring you back on after you get back and hear how it went compared to what your expectations were yeah definitely definitely can't wait to come back i feel like i'm gonna go out there and you know i'm not gonna look like i don't know what i'm doing i feel like i got a chance to win i've been practicing as hard as i can you know i i I just really really want to win this thing but at the end of the day i can't wait to go around a bunch of other people that just like slinging too you know, I'm like a nerd on this end. You know, I start talking about it. People don't know what I'm talking about, except the few people I mess with. But going out there to the islands, talk to all, everybody, that's all we're talking about. Like, I'm going to be in heaven, you know. Yeah, uh, I can say that that was one of the best things about it when I went the first time last year, was just being around other people that like slinging was kind of a novelty, really. So it was it was pretty great. So, yeah, I think you'll you'll definitely get that. It's going to be a good time. Hell yeah, I'm super excited, you know, meet you, Kit. You know, uh, I think Morningstar was out there last year. Yeah, I, th- I think he's going this year, yeah. And they got, I can't think of his name, man, but he's one of the first slingers I've seen, and I believe he's going to be out there. He's like an instructor or something. He got some old videos where he's curving tennis balls around people and stuff. He busts up that watermelon. Can't think of his name. Uh, Louis. Louis, yes, yeah, that's him. I hope to meet him, too. Yeah, Louis will be there. Yeah, I see. I'm excited. <laughs> I can say from seeing your videos, you have a real good chance of doing doing well out there. Like for one, you've got a hell of a lot more practice than I've been getting this year. This year, I've, I've not uh, not exactly put much effort into the practice, so um, I'm not expecting to do that great. But that's that's only really sort of part of it. Really, it's it's going and meeting everyone and everything. So uh, it that, that's kind of a good thing with the competition is that it's not it's not too competitive. It's just you know people hanging out and 
slinging a bit. So is there is there a lot of games that's not a uh, you know that's not I mean the competition from what I hear is just going to be I think a a thirteen point five meter or something like that with tennis balls and like a twenty with rocks. Yeah. But there's a lot of slinging in between, like everybody's just playing around, like you know what I mean? Well, with last year, there was a lot of people there. I'm expecting fewer people there this year just because of, you know, the situation currently globally. But um, we did like multiple rounds of slinging and then sort of there was kind of a, a bit of waiting around for your turn. But in that time, you get to chat with everyone and cheer everyone else on. There, there is still a lot of slinging, but there is also waiting around for your turn. So it should be this year because there'll be fewer people. It should be a sort of a bit more slinging to waiting, uh, the ratio will be a bit better. I I hope at least. <laughs> but yeah. A lot of English out there? Um, yeah, the, there's a few people that are living out there that are originally from elsewhere. Like there's uh, Poochie from Tibet, then there's another guy from the Netherlands, and then there's quite a few people from Austria and then some of the Germans as well uh, were there. But um, I'm talking about like uh, English English speaking. Oh yeah. I was, I was... Oh yeah. Well, a lot, of, a lot of people there are speaking English, and then uh, I was there, and um, Pete, uh, Judo P, uh, on the forum, he was there. He's he's from Britain. And then David as well. So yeah, th- it's 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 easy to like work out what's going on, so you don't get too lost. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to do babble and everything. I'm like, man, I'm the only one talking English out there. <laughs> 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 no, it's it, it it it's it should be pretty international still, even with it being uh, maybe not quite as many participants as last year. But I think there should be still a lot of people speaking English, so it'll be fine. Awesome. The island is a is a fairly major vacation spot for uh, people from Britain, so I think they're used to English speakers in the area, yeah. sweet. even outside of the singing competition. Sweet, sweet. Yeah, I've barely been out the south, so another country is going to be a big step for me. So this is going to be your first time to Europe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. Most definitely. Awesome. So I know you put up a couple of videos on YouTube, Channing. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing to prepare for the competition? Okay. Uh, yeah, I got like a little training regimen now. Like right after this, well, maybe a little bit after. But as soon as the sun comes up, I go. Then I spend about an hour slinging at my little uh, uh, Balearic target at the tennis court. Usually tennis balls real early. And then uh, I swing, I do just a little run, a little mile or two, you know. And then come home, eat. I go to the gym a little bit, you know, do a lot of stretching and stuff, eat. And then I go back to the tennis court and I throw my baseballs, you know, because tennis balls and baseballs are two totally different animals. You know, making my videos is mostly rocks that I pick off off the railroad track. And... You know, you could get so accurate, but basically when you're throwing like that, it's like you're really throwing the weight. You know, I think y'all said it y'all said it before, I think last podcast or maybe the one before that, is like the heavier weight goes straighter. You know, so when you start, it feels like that's what you're doing. But when you go with tennis balls and start putting numbers like you're trying to keep track of every throw, that's when you realize like you gotta you gotta let go uncomfortably early. You know, so that's why my first videos I did with tennis balls and stuff, they wasn't that great because it was like the first time I tried it and I just posted it up. But once you figure that out, that's when things you start learning a little bit more about slicking, you know. I found that the trying to transition from tennis balls to rocks and then back from rocks to tennis balls can be kind of difficult. So that's sort of another aspect of the competition because there was the one day where we were slinging tennis balls in the morning and then rocks in the afternoon. So everyone, I think, on that on the rocks was doing a little worse than usual just because you, you do have to adjust yourself between the different ammo. So exactly. Yeah. exactly. They know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. Cause once you get to about, well, the way I throw for sure, once you get to 15 meters with tennis balls, it's different than like 10, you know, same with rocks. They, they, I know this is a, you know, tradition for God knows how long, but the distances are specifically placed. I can tell. It's just been a few thousand years they've been doing this. So you, when you introduced yourself, you said Channing Practical Paracord. Um, I'm going to go ahead and, and plug that. Uh, that's that's practicalparacord.com, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And so so you sell slings. Um, how did you go from from deciding that you know, slinging was interesting to I'm going to be the guy that sells these things? All right. All right. Well, when I first started, you know, I did a lot. 
because that's one thing that made me start off too on YouTube. I mean, you really look it up. There's not that many videos, especially if you don't have the small channels. You know, so if all you know is the big videos, that's all they're going to really show you. So, but anyway, I did my research and I said, okay, this is, this seems to be the best sling, the split pouch, you know? So I went out with the split pouch and then my rocks kept falling through. So I come up with the smile, you know, and, uh, it worked like, all right, you know, it took me a while to get the smile to the right lip. And then, uh, the two fingers, you know, I tried the two fingers and then at first I was like, you know, I, I felt like a baseball. You know, you throw a baseball two fingers. I thought it helped accuracy, but, you know, maybe that's not true. But what it did do was displace, you know, the pressure on that one finger. Just, just you know, I wanted to crack it and make the knot louder, you know, to wax it. I, everything I did, like just slinging all the time, I just constantly made it a little bit better. And if there's anything better out there, I'll do it. And before I started slinging or started messing with them, I knew – all kind of knots. Like, all, I made bracelets and all belts and all. Like, I knew every knot. So, every knot I put in the sling, you know, it's all, it's all for a purpose, you know? Like, it's, if these, this is going to tighten up, you know, this one's not going to loosen up. Just in case something's off, you can loosen some stuff up and adjust the size, you know? So, it's just, it's just being obsessed with the sport and trying to make the best product I can. And it, it, you know, it came out pretty good. People like it. Uh, if I can get it better, I will. But as of right now, I love the sling, and that's all I throw with is the smallest slings. You know, I know you got one over there, Nunk. You ever play with it? I, I do. I, uh, I was just using it the other day. So I will say. So first of all, this is there's no sponsorship going on here in the podcast. Uh, this is purely a chat among friends. Exactly. So, so for the listeners out there, this is not a commercial. Uh, however, I will say that I do have one of uh, the smiling slings that I think I won it in the, was it the Easter competition? Yep. The egg challenge. Yeah. You threw up a prize on sling.org. I, I won it. So I've, I've got one of your slings and it, the craftsmanship is uh, top notch. I will say that you, when I looked at that thing, it was obviously a labor of love for you. Oh, thanks man. Yeah. I'm glad you like it. I mean, yeah. The I, when you look at the at the craftsmanship, it's it's very very well made, and there were a, a few little surprises. There's there's a lot of different knots in there. You can tell you love the the act of making the slings and working with paracord, and that everything on there was done with a purpose. So I I will definitely say you know, this is this is not meant to be a commercial, but I don't know how you can sell those slings for the price that you sell them for with the amount of craftsmanship that goes into those. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. When I was a little kid, I grew up fishing, making hoop nets and running trout lines. So, and when they had an all spill down here, you remember, you right there in Texas, uh, BP all spill. I remember. Yeah, I was a, I uh, drove a boat for a couple months, and most of the time, that's all I did was play with knots. So, you know that helped out too. But you know what I'm saying, it all just bl it's a perfect storm. You know, baseball not making. I wanted to start this. I, it was all meant to be. That's how I look at it. <laughs> I'm just trying to ride down this journey, man. I was gonna say it, it's very, um, it's very obvious with your singing style that you have this sort of baseball background, and it it is interesting because we've, I think, on the forum before uh, you started making videos, I think people have been saying that there are a lot of sort of parallels between baseball throwing and throwing a sling so it's it's good to see that someone with that background has kind of like proven that there is sort of a correlation there that that you can use those same skills for throwing with a sling. Exactly, man, because if you play baseball, like, you have to learn how to throw. Like, because I see, like, a bunch of beginner slingers that throw, you know, like, like A-City. You know, like, when you first, even you kick, like, when you throw, it's, it's more like, like, the most natural form. It's like sidearm, you know? Yeah. But the coaches, they, they'll beat that out you. They want you to throw over the top, bend over, use your legs. You know, so it's like an advantage, I feel, for people that know, you know, and I feel like you can control it better like that in a way. But honestly, when I throw sidearm, sometimes I surprise myself and it goes straight and perfect. So it's like the slinging style is sidearm because you don't have that major curve. But at closer distances, I think you can control it if you really work on it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think for me, I, I don't have that 
very specific slinging style because I've tried all of them and I use all of them all the time. So that's, I think that's one of my problems is that I don't just focus on one way of doing it and perfect it. I just do everything like in the same slinging session. I'll start. I'll use like three or four different styles, just throwing stuff out there and seeing what works. But <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because it's tempting. It's tempting because it's like a. Because if it's not working one way, you try another way, and then you hit the bullseye. It's like, all right, I'm doing it. Actually, I seen you do it in the competition last year. Yeah, you did some. You did. You, you hit it, and then you started throwing that style a lot. Yeah, it was is the um a Greek style where you hold the sling forward and then just do one movement over your head. What was weird with that is that Greek style is not my favorite style, but it's still the style I'm the most accurate with, and it it's it's kind of annoying because. I I, do, I don't want to be good at that one. <laughs> like there are, there, are, there are much better styles that are much that look look cooler that are more powerful. But no, it's it's the one that I don't really like. I'm good at. I think the Greeks might disagree with you, Kick. Well, yeah, but you know, at, at least Greeks from the you know, pre-Roman Greeks might disagree. Yeah, I'm waiting for someone to do the the one minute can challenge with Greek style, just because it's so fast. Huh. Yeah. I keep meaning to do the can challenge. The one problem is that. We we don't really drink that many drinks that come in cans over here, like in in our household. I mean, so we don't really have many cans around. It takes me like months to build up enough cans to actually go out there. So, I think I do have one. So I could probably take that out, and I'll probably just stick with the one for quite a while, uh, knowing my accuracy currently. So, <laughs> I don't think I need more than one. Yeah, that 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 belt's in Australia right now. Mercer then got five. You know that. That guy never quits. Once he decides he's going to do something, he just sticks with it. Uh, I see that. <laughs> I don't know if you ever, if you saw him do his 200-meter uh, throw with his short sling, but he worked on that for years before he got it perfect. And by perfect, he probably hit it long before he actually hit it. But uh, he had to prove it not only to himself but on camera. And so he just kept at it and kept changing it up and kept trying different things until he figured out a way not only to use a, what was it, a 24-inch sling, something like that? Do you remember, Kick? I think it was something around that, yeah. Yeah, relatively short and uh, trying to throw 200 meters with that and then capture it on camera. He just worked for, on that for years and then finally got it. And then as soon as he gets it, he moves on to the next challenge. So the, the can challenge, I think he's probably not going to stop until he gets 10. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Before I go to Spain, I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to bump them numbers up for them to play with. <laughs> yeah, I got to bring it back to the U.S. That's it. At least for a little. Yeah, while. at least for a little while. He ain't gonna let me have it for long. <laughs> but yeah, man, that 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 short sling, two hundred meters, that that hurts my elbow thinking about it, man. Them long distance ones. That's why I've been trying to stay away from that before the competition. I was trying to do a long distance hit challenge at 125 meters with golf balls. Now I was out there all day, and my arm was hurting for a week after that. But yeah, them long distances hurt. Yeah, that sounds pretty tough. So you said 120 meters, 120 yards, 125. Yeah, and uh, and trying to hit what were you trying to hit with the golf ball? Well, it was a uh, it was a four by four target, like the backstop of a Balearic target. But that's what I learned something like the way I throw over the top. You know, I got a major curve, but. Mm-hmm. If it if I'm look like say if you're looking straight and you're looking let's say high right, if you let go right before a certain point, that ball will go straight. You know, it doesn't have that curve. And that's when I really learned like like that's why uh a lot of sidearm stuff works because it goes because there's a certain point. If you don't go past that point, it won't really curve. Right. You know, and, and that long distance, that's when I learned and it's crazy how it works. Because it was either I was throwing twenty feet left of my target. I was about to hit my truck, you know, 60 feet the other direction. <laughs> it was wild, man. Yeah, that, that is one of the hardest things with slinging is just because you've got that sling on a, like, on a curve already, you have to find that perfect point where it's, when you let go, it's going to keep going straight and not just curve off to one side. Like, there's a lot of thought that needs to go into a shot unless you're doing it sort of instinctively, but building up that instinct can be quite a challenge i think it's impossible <laughs> i think it's impossible for a slinger to like hit like a bow and arrow like I, i've never seen it you know and but it's like you could get in rhythms 
but just finding that perfect muscle memorization that has to take decades. Yeah, yeah. I I think unless you you know, grow up from the age of two slinging, it's really hard to to get that perfect accuracy. And even then, I you know you read about things like uh, you know, seven hundred left-handed Benjamites in the Bible, where it says they could all sling at a uh, sling at a hair and not miss. And it makes you wonder, you know, is that just being you know, hyperbole, or did they really mean that? Because if, if 700 people can all train to do it, it means it's possible. Uh, it's not just that one guy who somehow was just born with a talent. But yeah, I've, I've been chasing that accuracy question. Uh, so kind of like, kind of like you, Channing, I got one of the things that attracted me to slinging was the fact that I could use my background and skills, not as a uh, athlete, but as a physicist. And so I, I tend to nerd out on the physics. I haven't done it too much on the show, but we've reined him in a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Kick's been pretty good about it until now. <laughs> Here we go. No, no. Uh, but seriously, it's, uh, yeah, that's, that's one of the things that I've been chasing personally is how is it possible to tighten up those shots from the, the body side of things? Yeah. The human body muscles are, are, you know, only able to move so fast and the yep. timing that you have to have to change a fraction of an angle to get right on target from any distance. It, the time is so fast that any small variation at all is going to throw you off. And so just tightening up those groups is, has been uh, kind of my obsession and pursuit for the last few years. And it's not easy. And you know what the answer is? The answer is the thing that you can't, that, that, that physics can't explain all muscles is the mind. Because if you got the right mind frame, you can do it. But as soon, like, because sometimes, like, before I did, like, my training I do now, I threw, like, it was, like, 1,400 balls every day, tennis balls. And it's, like, you can throw, but you can get into, like, a mind state of thinking of, you know, there's a dog barking, but I got to go get groceries. And then you start throwing into the neighbor's yard. You know what I mean? It's really mental strength, I think. That's the main thing. You know, you got to, you know, your mind and your body got to connect. But if you drift off, it's over with, you know? Yeah. Like, that's why I try, try to take a good deep breath and think about, you know, only think about what I'm doing, only think about my last throw and not wander off. I think that's the major connection. Well, you can't overthink it either, though, right? Because if, if you're trying true. to control every little thing about it, then then you're not you're not going to move smoothly anymore. Thousand percent, you are so right about that, you know. Because when I over, overthink is a, that's why you know it's such a balance. You can overthink and you can underthink. You know, it's hard to get be in that red zone all the time. That's one thing with the competition that really sort of tests that because it's. You're in a new place, you're throwing stones that you're not used to. Like for me, the stones there are very different because here in Finland we have these like heavy granite rocks that, you know, one about half the size of your hand is looking to be around 200 grams or something. And then the ones over there are, are much lighter because I think they're some sort of limestone or not not nearly as dense so you have to choose bigger rocks if you want to throw the same weight that you're used to and then also the way that it works is that they just bring a big crate of rocks and puts it down like amongst all the participants and then everyone just goes and grabs their rocks so if you're not quick you're going to end up with you know pretty bad looking rocks so there's a lot of sort of aspects to it that can really that really test like how how you do in a in that sort of competition situation like it's in in that way it's it is quite a good a good way of seeing who is really good at slinging like if you're not in that sort of perfect situation that you want to be in it really sort of shows who, who's got it as it were definitely definitely i sure wish i knew the weight of the thing man they just say uh from what i hear they say uh egg size or kiwi size rock the ones that they bring up are like all different sizes like some of the Balearic slingers, they all have their own sort of weights that they are sort of used to. I know that there's one one guy that I don't remember the name of, but um, he uses like massive stones, like just huge, like he's throwing boulders basically. And then like uh, David Morningstar, he he brought some of his his own ammo, and that's what a lot of that's what some people do is they bring their own ammo with them. And he, he gave me one just like as a sort of souvenir, and, I, and he'd written the weight on it and his was 43 grams which for me is like tiny that's like 
I wouldn't even think to use that. Like throwing feathers. Like that's that's almost getting to slingshot like size for me. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. It's very individual in that way that everyone sort of has their own own ones they grab and they do at least when I was there they had a wide range of different sizes. So you can usually find something you can use, but yeah. Well, that's cool. They got a bunch of different sizes. If you can select the ones that work for you, it sounds like a lot of the strategy happens before you ever step up to the line. Oh yeah, yeah. You got to you got to be quick on the mark and get those ones that you want. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I appreciate that, kid. Good tip. As soon as they drop the bucket, I'm going in heaven. <laughs> I've seen like some really good slingers go to the competition and then they just choke out on it because you know it's it's not what they're used to or it's just such a different situation. So. It is a it is very much a mental mental game like slinging generally, but especially in the competition setting. So, yeah, definitely, definitely. That's that's one thing I noticed. That's why I try to. I'm, I'm I've been trying to do a live every Saturday, and just that little live brings a little more excitement. You know what I mean? Like you feel like people's actually watching. I feel like that's that's helping the nerves a little bit because I can only imagine if you a slinger. You know, I mean, from around here for sure, nobody. Before I came around, nobody in 20 miles and maybe a few old guys knew about slinging. But, you know, you go out there where everybody's slinging, everybody's watching, and I got to be pretty nerve-wracking. Yeah, it is good, Good the atmosphere, though. Uh, like, they they are very supportive of, of everyone. Like, it doesn't matter how well or how, uh, how badly you do. Like, people really like are supportive like then there was people cheering for me you know the some of the spanish guys that i'd never met before i hadn't even spoken to them because they didn't really speak in english and they're like yeah yeah go go it's a very friendly atmosphere so yeah it's it's a good good place for it where you going now i would love to um probably when i don't have quite so many diapers to change so Uh. i've got i've got four boys and uh the oldest one is in first grade so i i change a lot of diapers these days so getting getting out to spain is practically a challenge right now a couple babysitters for next year man (laughs) that's a man but i hope like my let's say like my dreams like i want to go out there and do real good and after we do real good next year go up there with like a team we got a like team shirts and stuff i'm doing right now and i got like louisiana pinned in idaho my boy ryan he's gonna be coming going with me from idaho and he's pretty good too nice so you know, and next year, i like to have, you know, more and more people. So, you know, because I want to bring it down here to, you know, I want to, it should be spread. When I first started, the first thing I thought, like, I was like, bro, I would love when all this is over, like, to be an old man riding down the road and just see somebody slinging in the yard. I'm like, yep, we did it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, there's, there's a. There's a cultural aspect to it where if if more people did it, it would it would just be so much more fun just to be able to go out and do it as a community. I think I have the same sentiment as you on that one, Channing. Like the idea of being able to, if everybody knew how great this was, they they wouldn't miss out. Like they, it feels like everybody just it's this best kept secret, uh, this exactly. little sport that nobody knows about. And yeah, if if we had a culture of singing like they have in the Balearic Islands, like they have in Guam, then there would be more places to go and people to go with and more games and, and competitions and things that you could do with it. It would just enrich the whole uh, experience. Exactly, exactly. Because I look at you, you always bring up golf. You know, I also look at it as like kind of pool. You know, that's two of the major, you know, pastimes in America, pretty much. You know, just something just to get your mind off the everyday nonsense you know and i think that's the other level that that people don't really know about like they just think it's somebody just throwing rocks like that's i'll never figure it out i don't want to do it but once you start getting it it's like okay i gotta do this again because i've seen it so many times with people like just like women that wouldn't even do it like but this is pretty fun you know i threw this rock way over there and then they start doing it start doing it then it's like it's easy to get addicted to it I uh, have a different job now where I'm only only with a few other people in my company, but uh, I used to work at a bigger company where there were about 30 people in my building. And for a while we were, I could get five or six guys. Uh, occasionally a few of the girls would go out with us and we were just throwing tennis balls out in the, in the grass. And it was probably the, the biggest concentration of slingers in Texas in the last three decades. Uh, <laughs> just because I got like four people out there throwing tennis balls. But it's always so much fun to see 
something, see that light go off in their head when they realize how far they can throw something like a tennis ball with so little effort just because they're holding a piece of string. Exactly. Exactly. I'm not even sure how to describe it, but you know, you get a couple of grown men, your professionals outside in the grass playing catch like a bunch of little kids and loving it. And there's, there's just something kind of pure and joyful about it. Exactly. We mentioned the uh, Guam and sort of the culture they have over there. I am so jealous that they have that. Like that, I know that they've they've. There's a few people over there. Like uh, Roman has done a lot of Roman de la Cruz. He's done a lot of work to get that going and really tie it back to their culture. But because they have such a long history uh, in the native culture, they're slinging that they've managed to build up such a community aspect to it. Like it's it's really amazing seeing the videos that I've seen on like Instagram and uh, there's someone I think on YouTube as well. But yeah, that, that sort of thing would be, that should be everywhere really. <laughs> Everyone should be getting, getting into slinging in that same way and having those like meetings and competitions and stuff that they have. It's fantastic. I feel the same way. And that's part of why we started this podcast. Yeah. Spread the word. That's it. Yeah. I, I feel the same way. Like, they're, like that community is perfect. Go out on the beach, throw some rocks in the water. And like you say, them Guam videos, you see all ages. You see little bitty kids shooting good. If you could throw that sling that good at that young of an age, can you imagine? I bet they're going to be some good slingers at that competition from Guam. Who won last year? Well, last year, I, I think it was... Oh, I, th- I think the results are on slinging.org. I can't remember. But what the most important thing that I remember is that our team won the uh, the team challenge for the international group, Team Team Finlandia. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Big up Finland. I mean, it was an English guy living in Finland, and then two Germans, uh, an Austrian kid, and Pete from Britain, and we we're Team Finlandia because that's finland in in german so it was it was kind of, a, kind of an international international group but uh somehow i managed to convince them to to put finland in there <laughs> so so technically finland won nice <laughs> the way you say the the international teams it sounds like they kind of lower the bar and kind of give out a pity prize because if you if you live there it's a lot the competition's a lot more stiff well, I think it's it's also because with the with the international groups, they're kind of more understanding of the fact that that everyone is slain by different rules. Like um, in the Balearic Islands, they have quite they especially in the individual clubs, they have quite specific rules on what sort of counts as a legitimate throw. Um, where it will be like Balearic sidearm with four rotations, and then you throw, and and you have to have a. Um, a natural materials sling you can't use anything synthetic but for the international groups they understand that you know they can't expect people that have been working with like a no a paracord sling for example uh <laughs> that they can't expect them to just suddenly change up and you know switch things so the international group can use whatever they want and whatever style they want so uh there's they kind of separate it because of those differences but okay so it's really more in terms of how strict the rules are not not just that they're they feel sorry for all those people who who don't live there and don't get to sling all the time with the with the community. No, but I have to say I am kind of glad that they they have that separation because uh, some of those guys just absolutely smoked my individual scores. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna get into the natural sling to do it, but I got a question. Uh, why is this considered the second World Cup? Like, what does that mean? I thought well, um, it was like one big long. The last year it was dedicated to Mateo Cunelas. Uh, I may have butchered the name there. I'm afraid, um, who was a long-term member of the of the singing federation there, and sadly died. And so it was it was based around um, sort of in memory of him. And then this is the second one in memory of him, um, set up by uh, Pep uh, Ribas Ribas. Uh, who usually organise it. He's the president of the Federation currently, although there's some election things happening uh, currently. But at the moment, he's the president. How long has this been, been going, like, all together? I believe it was in the 90s. Um, I need... I might check that out now. But, um, yeah, I believe the 90s, it's been, it's been going. Editing kick here. I was wrong. The Balearic Slinging Federation was formed in 1984, so older than I thought it was. But okay, that's cool because you know, because because uh, I'm trying to get some local news coverage, and I'm like, yes, 
you know, this international thing that's been going on forever. But, you know, it's the second World Cup. <laughs> I just need a good answer for that one. Yeah, it's, it's been going for a long time, but it's uh, it, it's these ones in memory of uh, Mateo. And the other ones you were talking about were like the certain slings and the certain, you know, rotations before you throw. They still do those? Uh, for the individual um, clubs, uh, for the actual comp- for the international competition, oh, like the league, yeah, yeah, it's for the international competition. You can use whatever you want and do do it however you want. Which is why I was able to get away with using uh, Greek style <laughs> last year. I, th- I think part of that comes down to there's an argument about whether you're whether the sling is shooting a projectile or throwing a projectile, and I think the multiple rotations means that they can qual- they can say you're definitely not throwing but shooting the projectile. And so there's there's some sort of a debate there about that. And so the multi-rotation thing means you're not just extending your arm and doing a normal throw, but it, it's it's some it makes the sl- sling something special. And I I don't know the all the subtleties or details of what that debate is, but I think that's where those rules originate. I don't know, like I look at like cuz I've been noticing when I'm throwing heavy stuff forward to be accurate, I got to throw I'd use my rotation, but I feel like it's a, like a figure eight throw because it's like you pull it straight down. And even like the Greek style, like at the end of the day, it should be like how you release it. You know what I mean? Because like the Greek style, you hold it and then you throw it. But if I'm already spinning it, I'm I'm having the advantage of not having to do that, you know? Yeah. And I, it just seems like, right, you know, your throw is when you let it go and what happens. Yeah. I mean, it... It really, to me, it comes down to the the angle, of, the orientation of the pouch when you let go, and the timing of it. Exactly. You know, you you can do all sorts of things in the wind up and in in how you you get it up to speed. And of course, you know, a, a big rock's going to speed up a little bit slower, so you may need multiple rotations to get it up to full speed. You know, if you're not throwing a 500 gram rock, you know, a 100, 200 gram projectile, all the power comes from that last fraction of time before you let go. Definitely, definitely. You know, there's there's the, the power stroke. So all the stuff you do leading up to that, I won't say it doesn't matter because you know muscle memory and all these things play into it. And it's complicated, but uh, for me, thinking of this as a physicist, it's it's that power stroke where you're concentrating that rotational energy into a short period of time and basically trading force force for speed trying to get the velocity up at the last second, or the last fraction of the second. That's it. That's it. Like, if you win, like, a battle, you know, and it's all it's close quarters, and it's about get it up there and, and hit them, you're going to have the same power. And, like, because when we play dodgeball with tennis balls, it's, I hard, it's usually just one spin, one throw. But if you got time to aim it, that's usually what I use the spin for, just to get the timing right. But, you know, if, you, if you're trying to get it off, like the can challenge, I hardly barely spun it around a lot because that last throw is really all it is. Like, because I even try long distance one throw. First time I did this, I was like, all right, I'm about to show you all the spins better. But that one spin and three or four spins or whatever was about the same distance. You know, I think the spin it over your head is just all about timing because, like, when you're spinning it, it's like when it's back, you kind of lean back, you know, so whenever you go forward, you're already back, like, I don't know, it's just more time and thing to spin, you know, if it, if it does anything, you know what I mean? You know, it gives you time to calm down. And... Yeah, so, I mean, when you're when you're spinning it, to me, that's like having having your weapon cocked and ready to fire. Exactly. Right? I mean, the, the natural ready state of a sling is in motion because it, it, the energy is stored in the momentum of the projectile. Yeah, that's that's the physicist. I'm about to say perfectly said from a physicist. Perfectly way to say it. (laughs) That's it. Yeah, that's one of the major differences between the sling and almost every other weapon. You know, when a bow is cocked and ready to go, all that energy is stored basically in a spring in in the arms of the bow. And then with a slingshot, you know, that energy is stored in the, the stretching of the rubber band. But with a sling, it's just momentum. So its natural state is, is swinging in a circle. And that's one of the challenges is the only way to be accurate is to have very precise timing in when you let go. Because if this thing's moving in a circle, 
you know, a small change in angle as it swings around is a big change in how far off you are from the target 20 meters down. That's it. That's it. But uh, did you see any Guam uh, guys out there last year? No, they weren't able to make it uh, last year. And I, oh, COVID, huh? I think, yeah, Guam was on lockdown. Well, uh, it was the start of last start of last year, so it was still um, when was it February? So I think they would have been able to come over, but they they had their own um, competition that they were preparing for because it was the anniversary of the uh, Spanish invasion of Guam, so they were having a thing about that. And uh, uh, I know that they're not able to come this year. Um, I saw, in fact, it was just oh. just today. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's sad, but they're they're saying they're going to be joining in from there, so they'll be doing some singing and stuff and posting about it. So, be able to share some videos with them. What's their little competition? Because I like to hit that one up too. Because that got to be the next big one, huh? I th- I'm not sure when their sort of next big one is, but they they seem to be having them fairly regularly. Um, so wow, yeah, that's cool. See, I would love to see a virtual competition. Come up with some way to actually judge the distances and you know all of that, make sure that people are doing it in a fair way. But I would love to you know, virtually get slingers all around the world together and compete on the same competition uh, within some time window. That would be a, a be a challenge to, to pull it off, but uh, that would be a lot of fun because people who can't travel to Spain or Guam could still participate. That's what I'm trying to get done on my, uh, my lives on Saturdays. If I get into just anybody, even if it's just one person, you know, we can go live, set up a target. You know, it ain't got to be perfect, you know what I mean? Just try to make it as legit as possible, and we just sling around. And, you know, it's just, if it's live, I think I think it would be fun. I totally agree. I mean, hey, if y'all want to do it, <laughs> that'd be dope. I will have to plan. If it's on a, if it's on a weekend, I, I will have to plan ahead. But, uh, yeah, we might be able to come up with something. Okay, okay. Yeah, because uh, I'm, I'm not the most tech-savvy. So you could probably come up with like a better system, but you know I'm gonna be going live tomorrow and trying something, see what happens. But eventually we'll get it figured out. The problem for me at the moment is um, the weather has turned in Finland, so it's already getting pretty chilly, and uh, the first snow up in the north was already like like two weeks ago, I think. Um, there was a storm yesterday, and like it was raining a lot, so. It's already like my swinging season is almost over, pretty much. Um, I managed to get the uh, pumpkin challenge uh, in as quickly as I could because I knew it was going to get more and more difficult to get out there. So I just managed to fit it in. But uh, yeah. Oh, that's a hard struggle, man. Because slinging in the cold is so hard to do. Oh, man. It's better when it's actually really cold because then there'll be snow and I can throw snowballs. Like that's that's really fun. But it's the time in between where it's just cold and dark and rainy that really sucks. So <laughs> I'm hoping the snow comes quickly. I'll tell you right now, I don't know about Nunk over there, but we just got our first cold front last night. And it, it it's about, uh, got down to like 50. Yeah, but it's in paradise out here now for about a week. Then it's going to get hot again. <laughs> yeah, no, San Antonio is the same way. It It just cooled off a little bit this week and it's been gorgeous outside. I wish I could be out slinging more. Half the time I'm I'm stuck to a laptop trying to trying to fix a broken robot or something for my job. <laughs> Gotta love it. Yeah, with this cold weather though, that's all I want to do is go outside and sling. Man, I went uh went on a little hike today. Got a little footage and knocking down a bunch of rotten trees and stuff. Just want to be outside in this weather, but it's only for about a week. We enjoy it while we can. I, mean, I just couldn't imagine being up in Finland, though. Snow all the time. Come down to the States. Uh, kick. <laughs> Come enjoy the nice weather, brother. I've been trying to get him to Texas for years now. Well, you know, been difficult with work and everything, but I've been off work for a while. So, And then, of course, it had to be, like, during a global pandemic. So, you know, it's – but maybe soon. Maybe soon I'll be able to get over there. I would really love to. Hey, flights are cheap right now. That's true. That's true. I have to work on it. We got to start us our own international competition, though, down here in the states. I bet you we can get them to come like that. I think you might be right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm really excited to see you out at this competition, Channing. One of the things that I really want to see, I'm curious about, is how the traditionalists are going to to react to a a paracord sling. 
uh, especially if, if you do really well, which I'm sure you're going to do just fine in the competition, I'm wondering how the response will be because your sling is, go- is going to be considered very non-traditional just because of the material that you use and you, it's got, you've got your own unique style to the way you make them. So I would love to see a, a modern paracord sling, uh, do really well. Obviously, I think everybody who, who slings knows that it, it's really more about the slinger than the sling. You can, you can sling really well with almost any sling, but I, I really want to see a non-traditional style kind of shake things up a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And I really want to see a good slinger use a paracord sling and just fall in love with it. You know what I mean? I was going to say, I'm, I'm not a good slinger, but Make sure that you bring, a, you know, at least one spare one because I might be wanting one of those off you. Okay, okay, yeah, I want to get you one anyway. I'll hook you up. I'm gonna bring one just for you, man. When I see you, I'm gonna hook you up. Though. Nice, thanks. <laughs> what colors you want, man? Oh, oof, that's that's a difficult question. Uh, I might leave that up to you. You've, you've, I've seen your slings. You've, you've got some good color combinations. So I, I, I leave that in your capable hands. Alright, I'll hook you up, though. <laughs> I think you, he wants pink and brown. <laughs> Pink and doo-doo brown, huh? Hey, I'll take it and I'll rock it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't wait, man. I can't wait. It's going to be yeah. fun. It's going to be fun. So we're going out there about uh, four days earlier. We're going with a, a three-person team. We're going to try to uh, live stream everything as much as we can. You know, try to show the world. Nice, nice. Yeah, you, you've been a, a great ambassador for singing. Well, thank you. Yeah, I just figured, hey. You know, just put in the work, you know, show people that I'm really about it, you know. You know, like I said, I got my store or whatever, you know, I make the good slaves, but really it's about spreading the word, you know. I'm to the point where I'm not, you know, I'm pretty much, this competition's coming up, I pretty much quit my job and uh, just been training for this whole core for like a month or two. You know, after the competition, I don't want to go back to work, but, uh, I just wanted to show, like, how serious I am about this. Like, I'm training, like, like it's the real Olympics. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So. I was wondering how you're getting over an hour of practice a day in. So so this is your job right now. Now, that that's some serious dedication. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I mean, hey, if you're going to do something in life, do it right, you know? That's that's the way to do it. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun, man. Uh, me and Kick go out there, we're going to cut up. So what it's like out there, Kick? They got a hotel room for everybody and stuff? But that's what I hear. If you ask through uh, Pep, he, he organizes the whole hotel and everything, so then they also organize all the food, and uh, yeah, it should be good. I, I haven't been in Ibiza, I was in Mallorca last year. But, um, oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's, Pep, Pep has all the connections, so uh, we'll, we'll be well taken care of, I'm sure. Sweet, sweet. If it's anything like past years, there's probably going to be lots of opportunities to do some slinging outside of the competition after hours, after dinner, that sort of thing. Did you do a lot of outings last year, Kick? Uh, there wasn't as much, actually, um, last year, but we did more slinging for the actual... Co- there was actually more slinging in the competition, I think, than previous years. So, yeah, we it was it was good. Everyone was tired out after after a long day of slinging, so it, it, was, it was good. Awesome. Awesome. That's going to be so much fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have so much fun. I'm about to start something out here. I see that. I see around the States. I, I don't get on slinging.org that much. Like I said, back in the day, I had a hard time logging in and stuff, but like I, I kind of dibble dabble through it. Don't they have uh, like leagues around the United States? Do y'all know anything about this? We've talked about it. I haven't seen anything that really got off the ground. Um, oh. Yeah, like, like the... Slinging.org can be kind of difficult to use, and it's funny, the long-term, the long-time people on there kind of go through phases where they'll spend a lot of time on there, and then they'll disappear for a while, and then they'll kind of pop in and make a comment, and so it, it kind of comes and goes in waves. That's pretty normal for, for people. I haven't been on there a lot lately either. I'll, I'll pop in every once in a while to see what's going on, but... Uh, yeah, once you get into it, you'll get deep. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> but, uh... No, I just want to say a big shout out to uh, World Wild Slinging on Facebook. You know, that's another good uh, slinging site. You know, they always got some good stuff on there, too, that's a little more functional for the everyday user, you know? Yeah, it's, I mean, Facebook has a much better interface than, than the uh, slinging.org forum, which 
I, I think it's only been around since the early 2000s, but it, it feels like that website was built in 1982. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm not the most technical guy, but it seems like, I guess, if you're, if you're from, like, another country or something, maybe it's a lot easier. I don't know. It's probably easier on dial-up, too. Yeah. <laughs> That's I, I wonder how many of our listeners actually know what dial-up even is. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I'm just like, yep, you're showing it. I don't know what they talking about. <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm in my 40s, but I, I don't know if, uh, any any child of the 90s remembers all those uh, CDs from America Online, AOL, where you pop it in your computer and it dials dials up a number and then connects to the internet and ties up your whole house's phone line for uh, for however long you're on the internet. That used to be the way that you. You connect. Oh yeah, I remember. <laughs> have AOL because you know, grew up in Britain, but uh, I do remember the dial tone uh, that's burnt into my memory forever. So yeah, <laughs> it's safe. You got me. mail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Uh, so y'all, y'all got any other sites that's like a good slang? Because like that's really the biggest ones I see. Here on Discord, because uh, we're having this call through Discord for the listeners at home, um, there's a few sites, uh, a few servers on, on Discord that are good for Sling. There's uh, Slingers Unite, which is uh, ran by um, Judo P, and I'm a moderator on there as well, just full disclosure. <laughs> there's also the uh, Cuban Slinging Society, which is another... Um... There's also the Reddit uh, Slinging Channel. Ah, oh, that's what I'm talking about. There, there's a few characters that only show up on one or two of those. I think the biggest concentration is still slinging.org in terms of long-term slingers. Although the I haven't been on the worldwide slinging on Facebook in, in a long time, so I'm not sure how, how that community is, is going. It sounds like you're a little more active there, Channing. Yeah, yeah. It's just a, a bunch of good visuals, you know? you know. So you don't have to just read. Different way to look at it, but, you know, all good. So so what's up? Let's talk about some blood and guts. I'll do that every episode. What are we going to talk about? <laughs> you know, there has been a lack of blood and guts in this episode. I, I feel deprived. I know. I know, man. <laughs> but uh well y'all seen my um when I hit that, that glass that glass jug of, of gas. Oh yeah. That's that's something. Oh yeah, that was speaking of great visuals. I've, I've got some. I've got some great screenshots of you dancing in front of a mushroom cloud of uh, flaming gasoline that make you look absolutely insane. Yeah, it was a little bit bigger than I thought it was gonna be. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> My heart skipped a beat when the thing blew up. I was gonna ask about that because that was a big ball of fire. Like that was that was quite the explosion. Yeah, it was nice. They had a lot of people like you gonna burn the forest down. It's like, if you was around here around that time, Hurricane Nicholas, which I'm sure you got a lot of, no, that thing stayed around forever. It's so damp in this area right now. The fire was out. It's in a minute. It was done. I was like, good lord, it's so wet. That's one of the reasons I use so much gas. <laughs> but yeah, burned up my phone. It was crazy. Yeah, I mean, it really did make for some great visuals. I, I thoroughly enjoyed watching it. I couldn't get away with that here. It's a little drier in San Antonio right now. We would probably burn the place down, but I'm glad there's a place on the planet that's wet enough to get away with that. <laughs> y'all, must, y'all must be way up there. I'm not really sure exactly where it's at, but y'all missed uh, Nicholas? So San Antonio is just far enough away from the coast that we get some good rain, uh, but we don't usually, the, the worst of the storms don't usually hit here. Although just north of here, there's a little town called New Braunfels where there's a, a museum that has records of a hurricane wiping out the town in the 1800s and that's north of here so yeah you're still in the danger zone yeah we're still in the danger zone we're not totally clear but we're actually where houston goes to get away from hurricanes uh in an evacuation wow okay some some people will go up to dallas straight north and then a lot of people come towards san antonio to the west ah so we're we're actually more of a hurricane shelter. We're still kind of close to a lot of the communities, but we don't usually get pounded too bad by uh, anything more than a little bit of rain and wind. Uh, y'all get all the refugees. Yeah, pretty much. We we still have a lot of people who just never moved back after Hurricane Katrina. So there's uh, an interesting sort of a Cajun subculture in San Antonio. A lot of a lot of good Cajun restaurants popped up after Hurricane Katrina. We don't really get those sorts of problems here in Finland. Like it, it gets cold, but there's not usually, 
huge storms or hurricanes or anything like that. So, <laughs> yeah, I could do it. I had to take my chances, but I always lived in this uh, steam pot down here. I, I, I literally, if you don't sweat three or four times a day, you ain't doing nothing. <laughs> you go outside, you're going to get drenched. Gotta go take a bath. Where I'm at, it's like that for a few months of the year. And then the winters are absolutely amazing here. It dries out a little bit and it's, it's not as humid. Uh, yeah. In August in San Antonio, you are totally drenched just walking from your house to the car. <laughs> 10 feet and you're already soaked. Yeah. Got a lot of salt. Got a lot of salt. Yeah. That's, that's not for me. That's not for me. I, I prefer the cold over that. <laughs> see i i like the cold for about a week at a time which is which is about what we get here maybe try six months <laughs> ah, no no thanks yeah I'll, I'll i'll go i'll go skiing for a week and then come back to come back to you know 80 degree days in december you uh you dropped that pumpkin challenge video uh kick what is the challenge this year we're doing it again they it's just for fun yeah, just for fun, just smash up a pumpkin. Uh, I put probably too much effort into my video this year. Like uh, I kind of went, <laughs> I went a bit crazy with it. I, I haven't had much to do, so I thought let's let's do this to the extreme. So <laughs> I didn't get to really smash up the pumpkin a lot. I'm thinking of doing another video if it actually gets you know fairly decent weather here. Um, and going out and actually really destroying it, but this this it was mostly for entertainment. This one, so rather than showing off any slinging skin, so <laughs> fill it up with gas and throw a flying rock at it. <laughs> well, I've got to, I've got to leave things for you to try. <laughs> You're probably the only one who can get away with that, Channing. Yeah. If you want to join in the competition, that would give you an advantage that you can set things on fire without getting arrested. Gotta love Southern Louisiana, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Fire always wins, so you know that'd be an easy way of getting the crown for it. <laughs> well, I've I've noticed that the the slinging dot org the those competitions uh, the entertainment value does tend to win over any display of actual skill too. That's how that's how I've won most of the competitions that I've done is is mostly just by being silly rather than slinging. That's why I, th I think that I might have a chance at this. Thank thank God it doesn't come down to the, you know, actual slinging skill because it gives me a chance to compete as well. <laughs> Speaking of uh so these competitions there's going to be uh five rocks a piece and two two rounds with five rocks. Not one round with ten rounds. Yeah, it's usually. I, th I think from what I remember last year, it was yeah two rounds of five. It was just so just to make sure that everyone had a chance to. The people weren't standing around for too long, not slinging. They could um, like get people up and slinging uh, that bit more often if there's the break in between. I, I guess they're doing it the same time this year. Yeah, that, that's my biggest thing. I just want to be able to get a nice little warm up in. You know, get used to these size rocks. Cause tennis balls, I got the tennis balls. I know, I know what that's gonna be. Yeah, but but like I said, I can't wait. I've seen a bunch, and they all oval shaped, like. Uh, yeah, they they do a pretty good job of getting like rounded ones from the beach. Uh, at least again, that was from last competition. Like I'm sure they'll do the same for this one. But yeah, 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 yeah. When uh, you know, I I do have some criticisms for y'all. I know y'all busy. I, I know y'all busy, man, but people like this podcast and need to hear more than once a month, man. <laughs> Give us two a month, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we talked a lot about that before we started the podcast. And uh, yeah, I think I, I probably was the one who pushed for once a month because I knew that uh, if I tried to do it more often, I would fall behind. I would rather I would rather just start publishing them more than once a month but not promise it than to set expectations and then and then have everybody just mad at me all the time. I like it. Set the ball low and surprise. <laughs> well, that's why officially our release schedule is monthly-ish. Uh because, you know, it's it's better to not give any uh, expectations. And a lot of it comes down really because I mean recording is actually it's not that difficult. You can record it pretty quickly, but it's more comes comes down to uh, me editing, and I am far from the quickest editor. So uh, yeah, a lot of the delay is usually on my end, <laughs> really. Oh well, yeah, I need to at least get a date because I allow when y'all pop it up, I'm like all right, gotta watch it. But see, if I knew y'all could build up my anticipation, 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I, that's, that's a good point. We, we really should, at least if we're going to do it, we should do it monthly and have a specific day that we're going to drop. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We should, we should work on that. We, we should be more disciplined. Cause if, if, any, if, I mean, if anybody's like me, like I watch all the podcasts, you know, the Joe Rogan's, all the comedies and all that, but, but this is the one I like, you know, I like, this is the one I just got to listen to cause I feel so closely to, Wow. you know, y'all talk about the things that nobody else talks about. You know, and it's just like I learn stuff almost every time. And I think a lot of people that mess with this sport and it's going to if we do right, it's going to keep growing. And shoot, like you said, the number one slinging podcast in the world. Yeah, we're we're also the worst podcast in the world. <laughs> you know, we're, we're optimistic, you know, we're optimistic. Yeah. <laughs> Not a lot of competition, but I, I would love to see other people start. A, I would love to see it be so popular that other people feel that there's there's room to start additional slinging podcasts out there that would be a great problem to have it wouldn't be a problem Hell yeah being outdone by someone else on a slinging podcast would actually be fantastic like i'm waiting for someone to totally <laughs> totally outdo us that would be fantastic <laughs> it's like what you gonna talk about you know that's the thing it's like how can you keep it spicy well i mean if you're you're throwing up youtube videos you said almost daily I mean, you must have the same thing with, with YouTube videos of, of slinging and coming up with new ideas all the time. Yeah, that's rough sometimes. I could wake up in the morning, but okay, what I'm going to do today? And I don't figure it out till I go out there and just start slinging. Like, all right, here we go. <laughs> so if I try to think about it all day, nothing. But, you know, it just comes up. But it's like, hmm, what would be something that you could produce more than once a month that people that, you know, there's only so much information out there, you know? That's what I think about. Well, I mean, there there's a lot of historical. I mean, if we if we got more into some of the history of singing and the different, I know especially in the podcast realm, a lot of people just eat up some of the podcasts about historical battles, and so you could do a lot of that from a singing perspective. I'm not sure we really want to be a history podcast, though. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, we can't not talk about the history of it, and it, and it is incredibly interesting. But we we wanted it to be slinging being done nowadays, and just things that will keep people interested from all different sides. So not just one aspect. Slinging evangelism. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're trying to inspire slingers who are, you know, part-time or people who've dabbled with it a little bit to get out and sling more. And we're trying to bring more people in and get people excited about it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's kind of the purpose of, of this specific podcast. So yeah, there, there you go. There's already room for somebody else to go start a uh, historical podcast. That's slinging centric. There you go. One one mentality that that I don't really like that people have about slinging is like, don't tell nobody or they're gonna make it illegal. Like you gotta spread the word out, man. You gotta let it go. You want you want to keep something, let it free. You know how the saying goes, something like that. <laughs> to me, if we start seeing you know news stories about how dangerous kids these days are are with you know throwing rocks, then that's a the definition of success, right? Anytime something becomes popular, someone is going to start saying that this, this new thing is, is dangerous and scary. You know, even if it's thousands of years old, it worked out with rock music. So, you know, (laughs) one of my favorite podcasts unrelated to slinging. uh, I think he rebranded it, but it used to be called the pessimist archive. The editor in chief of Entrepreneur Magazine had this little side podcast where he was just going through historical like newspaper articles and things and finding people complaining about something that's completely accepted today, but that they were making a big deal about things like women riding bicycles. You know, they, they had doctors saying that, you know, women riding bicycles were going to have, uh, mental problems and going to be infertile from riding a bike for too long and all this ridiculous stuff. And, it's just human nature to just blow things out of proportion, just make up problems. So I would love for slinging to be on the public consciousness enough for someone to do that. I think if we get into Olympics, it's a real thing. You know, that would be really cool to see. Cause right now it's just something nobody knows about, but you know, I, I just want to see it on ESPN. Yes. Right? I mean, if you can do ax throwing or, or pool or any of those things, then you could absolutely do slinging on ESPN. I said we gotta we gotta find some who we need to talk to, man. I figure this out. I think uh, you gotta you gotta get some leagues started and get get groups of slingers and get get organized. That's probably the best way to do it. You start with with small organized groups and then get the some competitions and yeah, build the popularity. And then if people if there's enough people who want to see it, 
I think there's there's a certain fascination with a sport that's never been seen before, uh, or you know, quote unquote, never been seen before. Like like axe throwing was one of those for a while. It was a it was a fad, yeah. and now it's not as popular as it was a few years ago. But there's a lot of places now that have kind of established that axe throwing is a thing, and so it's it's bigger than it was, even if it's not you know showing up on ESPN as often. Exactly. Hmm. I had to look up the history of that and see what made it pop. I can guarantee you it's probably like a handful of guys who just decided they want to do it, and then one of them got the funding to start a bar and sell alcohol and throw axes or something, and uh, somebody found a way to make money off of it. Don't talk to me some bar owners today. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> probably a good place to wrap it up. Uh, can't wait to to get you back on after the competition and hear how things uh, how things went for you for both of you guys. Wish I could be there. Yeah, yeah, we'll be trying to live stream it and everything. It'll be through YouTube. I'll try to go through all platforms. But uh, if you watch my videos, and I'll talk to y'all on whatever social media platform if I get any news. But I'm gonna try to have it where you can see everything as live as possible. I'll be there as well. I'll be recording. So. Awesome. All right. Well, hey, thanks so much for your time. For sure, no problem, man. Um. Uh, one more thing, Kick, what's your favorite size sled? What size you throw with? This is the other problem I have, is that I don't stick to any particular style, and then I use slings that are, you know, like, longer than I am tall, and then other ones that are about as small as my as my forearm, so I, I throw anything, so I'm I'm always happy to, I'm always, like, interested to see what people come up with for sizes they think are good, so. I'm hook you up with a 60. Sounds good to me. <laughs> All right, fellas, man. It was great, man. Good talking to y'all, man. Uh, can't wait to see y'all there, Kick. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Yeah, can we see you? Yeah, absolutely. Thank, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. And, yeah, we will uh, connect back up with you in, what is it, a few weeks now, right? Yeah, uh, I'm going out there on the 10th, so that's going to be in, I think, two weeks I'll be out there. Awesome. Okay, yeah, so we'll uh... – We'll finish up this podcast after you got after you get back, unless you want to do a two parter here, Kick. What do you? We can. I guess we can figure that out later. Yeah. It might be uh, in in the spirit of producing more podcasts more often. Maybe we should do this as a two parter and do a before and after. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Cool. I guess now we can cue the outro. Thanks for listening. You can find us online at catchthispodcast.com, on the Sling.org forum, on YouTube, and at catch underscore this underscore podcast on Instagram. Music by Wintergarten. Catch you next time.